Welcome to Shorts with Tara and Jill. I am Jill. And I'm Tara. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. So I need to tell you, I've been doing a little bit of traveling lately, and um, I wonder if you have had any experience similar to this in an airport parking lot. So let's say you drive your car to the airport, you park it somewhere, and you even take a picture of you know the parking spot because you know that a week later, whenever you're coming back, you're probably not going to remember where it is. So I did that at Logan Airport in Boston, and um, I was I was I was with my husband going to the airport, but then he did not fly back with me. We're still together, but. <laughs> I he thought just, we were this into a different kind of podcast. Okay. Yeah, but he just had something else to do. So I flew back and I, um, you know, you, you, I got my bag and I paid for my parking. So I had my little parking thing, like chit. Um, but you know, when you pay for parking, like on one of those machines, the clock starts ticking, Right. So I know the clock is ticking. I don't know. I think it's like 10 minutes. I don't know how long you have to get out of the gate with that thing. So I take, I I look at my phone and I see that we were on level eight of the parking lot. So I go to the elevator and I get in the elevator and it only goes to seven. So we have a problem because (laughs) I have zero idea of how to get to eight, like none. So oh. I go, I go in, I said, I think to myself, well, maybe like Logan has a few different sort of structures. So maybe if I just cross the parking lot and go across and like to a different part and go try a different elevator, it'll go to eight. And so I tried that no eights anywhere. So I'm in like a full sweat and I'm walking very, very quickly with my bag because I know I'm going to have a problem with the time. I probably walked five miles in that parking lot and I am freaking out because I don't like this kind of situation. It's like when you lose your parking ticket, right? And then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pay for like seven days. So finally I went, I found in one of my stops, like where I, one of my little trials, I found um, like a valet desk, like some sort of parking valet desk. And I asked them, so I was like, cause they must know. And they're like, yeah, we don't, I've never even heard of eight. We don't know where eight is. <laughs> I mean, I finally found it. I don't even know how I found it, but um, it was a very was, harrowing experience. Was it, was it in the vicinity in which you were looking or did you have to go? No, no it was like a completely different structure. And I don't know how I ended up finding it, but um, I was very grateful when I did. That, that kind of stuff is like the worst panic stricken moments because you feel like you have no control and you're like, this isn't happening to me and I have to get out. I got to get out. I know. I know. It was very stressful, I have to say. Um, but today I think we wanted to talk a little bit about um, financial projections and for anyone out there who is starting a business in particular, or even if you have an ongoing business, um, it's always a question I get, which is like, how soon do I have to actually put numbers to my business? Can I just start like working on it and building it and doing whatever? I mean, I guess if you have an unlimited bank account, <laughs> then have at it. But uh, I think that's a very dangerous thing. I think even 
I mean, even if you had an unlimited bank account, I mean, you still need to know numbers. I mean, numbers is a fact. Like, how do I, how much is it going to cost me? Like, that is so important. And Or how much money do I need to raise or whatever? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, a lot of times it's something that entrepreneurs will put off because they don't know. Like, you really don't know. You don't know how many people, how many people are going to buy your product. You don't know if the price you're setting for it is the right price. You just have no idea. Um, and you don't know if you usually you have a better sense for costs because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are thinking more about like, what is it going to cost to build my product or whatever, or hire somebody or whatever the, the costs are. But I don't think you have a good sense for how those costs might change over time. Like you don't know how many people you're going to have to add, you know, you know, you, you don't really know. And it is a lot of guesswork at the early stage, but it is really important. And I, I want to emphasize that for um, any entrepreneurs that even just having that budget, it allows you to see a lot of things in one place. It also allows you to think about where you're going to spend your money. So one of the things that is really important, particularly for consumer businesses, so it's the same for business to business is your cost of acquiring a customer. So what you really need to think about, and even if you don't do a whole budget, just thinking about this calculation is really important. So what is the lifetime value of a customer? So how how much is a given customer, once you get them, how much are they going to spend each time they interact with you and how many times will they interact with you over their lifetime? Cause there's a certain point where they are going to drop off for whatever reason. And so calculating that lifetime value. So you can kind of think about it as like lifetime revenue almost for a customer. And then thinking about what is it going to cost me to get that person to actually become a customer and start buying things. And so comparing those two numbers Obviously, the lifetime value has to be higher, hopefully by a lot, than the acquisition cost of that customer. And just even just thinking about that little calculation is a great starting point. And it will change over time. But um, knowing that you can acquire customers profitably is super, super important. So it's interesting because, Jill, you've been away, but I was approached with this with an idea that somebody had approached me with and it got me thinking and I had to think numbers so I'll tell you so I think I told you this before but exhale magazine was a magazine that was you know paper now it's solely online and the woman who runs it really does not want to run it anymore it's a lot of work she's just done like she's been doing it for a long time so she approached me and asked me if I would like to take over the magazine and I think that it does really resonate with me because it does embody a lot of what I do, like, you know, from articles to clothing to all of these things. But you know, my questions were, first of all, is it relevant? Is an online magazine relevant anymore? Number one, it's a saturated market, which I definitely know. That was number two. But I, you know, you got to ask like a lot of questions. And then my biggest question is, how much is it going to cost me? Like, how much is it going to cost me to buy this platform from you and how much is it going to cost me to run it on my end and to be honest they didn't have any numbers and so the numbers were for me to figure out how much it would take I have to figure it out I would have to figure out how much it would take me to run it because obviously I couldn't do it on my own and I would you would have to hire professionals like Jill (laughs) 
to do it. But it would be, you know, the numbers matter because it, since I had no numbers, it kind of deterred me from even considering it any further. Well, the advantage is that you get to put out the number. Like it's, they don't have, it doesn't sound like they have any really idea what they're looking for. So you get to say what you're willing to pay. I would ask, are they actually asking you to pay for it? Or are they just looking for a home? And maybe the acquisition price is really not that high. Right. Well, the other thing is my concern is how much is it going to cost me to run it? Like well, I think, is- yeah. So I think, so that's definitely important to try to figure out. Um, but I would also want to, I would want to get into what is the business, right? So like, how do they currently run it? What do they currently do? And if you were to take it over, you have to believe that you could create a lot of value. So how much, particularly if you're paying for it, how much more would you do or what would you do differently from how they currently run it to take it to the next level? And what would that cost you? But to take it to the next level, I think you have to think about the revenue side. So you're definitely thinking about the cost side. You have to think about like, am I going to get advertiser revenue? Am I going to get, you know, more user? Like what are those drivers of revenue? Um, but, and I don't even really know what an online magazine is. Is that like a blog or like a website? I that... it, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like a goop in a sense, right? Um, obviously it has all different components. It has, uh, you know, you can shop clothing like you do on mine and you like can affiliate just, links. Yeah. Affiliate links. And, um, you know, you can, that you can read about things like topics. Like we had a, a couple's, you know, relationship articles and so, and I think that, you know, you just kind of outsource to get these people who are going to write these articles, but really the revenue is, what is the revenue? How are you making revenue is the question, right? So it and seems like a lot of it is, would be for me to do like sales, like uh, clothing sales, mm-hmm. that would be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you also have to think about how it interfaces with Tara West Fashion and whether those are two separate businesses, are they the same? What like how do they fit together? Um, is there a way that they could be really complementary and actually, you know, one plus one could equal three? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but those are all good questions. But you're right, it would be very helpful if they had some some numbers that um, you know, that they could throw out. Right. for you to react to. But I think just bring it all back to what you're talking about is obviously money matters in any of these situations, right? Like the numbers matter. The so. numbers matter and they may not be right. Like even if they're not right, so you change them, who cares? But at least you have like a line in the sand. And so I actually had an entrepreneur say to me the other day, I'm having trouble coming up with the, with my um, financial projections because I'm having trouble figuring out how I can make the income I need to make. And so there are lots of ways to come up with your financial projections, but if income to yourself is that, if that's the most important driver or outcome, then start with that. So I have to make $10, you know, what does that mean for how many products I have to sell, knowing what my costs are and knowing um, my pricing, et cetera. So there's lots of different ways to, to skin the cat, as they say, I think that's a terrible expression, but anyways, Well, thank you, Jill. That was great. Very insightful. If you guys have any questions, please let us know. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of Shorts. Bermuda Shorts. 
jean shorts, short shorts, boy shorts, tennis shorts, cargo shorts, pleated shorts, running shorts, board shorts, 